0: Welcome, welcome, welcome back to Days Infused. I'm Latham Woodward, your host. As usual, today we have a very special guest here, uh, another person in the backbone industry of the cannabis business, and that is Kip Morrison, the CEO of KMA Agency in Beverly Hills. She's a PR maven and does PR like nobody else. Uh, Full disclosure, Kip is my PR agent, and um, I came to know her over the last couple of years as an amazing woman, uh, self-driven amazing agency and great staff. Kip, welcome to the show.
1: Hi, thank you. It's a pleasure to be invited to speak with you and your listeners. Well,
0: it's great to have you here. And it's good for people, especially the people at home, to hear about what you do and why you're important to this industry because Cannabis is not a single entity. It's it's a bunch of people in the background, whether it's people producing jars, cans, bottles, uh, PR, advertising. There's so many people involved in this industry now, and it's just getting bigger and deeper. So this is going to be equally interesting to everyone, I'm sure, because this is an important subject. Um, first, before we get started, I want to start with my standard question for all my guests. What's your historical relationship to cannabis, and how did you get to where you are today?
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I guess I could say when my sons were growing up um, a number of years ago, I used to call up the um, mother of one of my sons and yell at her for letting her son and my son smoke cannabis together. And that's how far away I was from the world of cannabis at that Mm -hmm. time. If somebody gave me a joint, I could probably make it last for six months. I'd just take a little puff at a time. Okay. Um, that um, family that I used to call up and scream at, uh, the mother for letting my son smoke with her, uh, that fellow is now one of the leading geneticists in uh, California, Mojave Richmond. And And his best friend, my son, now does sound for music videos. So that's probably my earliest uh, recollection. At the time I was married and um, my husband would put cannabis and ecstasy in a jar at the top of his, um, his closet. I later found out from my son when he was an adult that he used to climb up the walls to get into my husband's stash. Of course, you don't know these things when he's 16, you find them out when he's 35.
0: Exactly. That's funny. That's a good one. Mm -hmm. (laughs) His ecstasy too. I haven't heard that, that actual word or drug in many years, but
1: I don't know if this will get me in trouble, but um, there was a time when ecstasy was legal and being used by therapists. Oh yeah. And that was the ecstasy that we had. And, uh, I was actually married on ecstasy, but that was the ecstasy that we had. And since since at that time, it was very legal and very pure. Uh, There were people in my life that would sample it out of my office.
0: That's great. Um, Well, that's a good answer to that. My standard question. Um, So let's move on to like um, what you're doing now and working in the cannabis industry. Is it what you expected when you decided to go? full in? Because you decided really to go all in into the cannabis business. You weren't just dabbling on the sidelines. You decided to do it.
1: I had, have had my agency for more than 30 years, and it was pre- predominantly lifestyle up until about 2012 or 13. Um, very early on, um, I had a client that needed some public relations help and I had him talk to someone in my office that was a graduate of Harvard. Um, I was afraid that it was gonna be too technical. I had worked in the wine industry and with all the terms and and all the the no's and the enophiles and and the vintners and so forth, it felt a little too technical to me. So when someone came to me wanting me to do Cannabis, um, that individual, I gave it to them and sort of learned by osmosis because I was afraid it was going to be uh, complicated because mm-hmm. I knew it was going to be about growing and strains and so forth. So I learned it by osmosis through through her. She went on and worked for another firm and then actually developed Breeze, which is the uh, cannabis mints. Okay. So uh, why did I decide to do it? I had been doing lifestyle public relations for some thirty odd years, and um, I was getting a little tired of it. Um, a, a lot of my clients were in um, in beauty and fashion, and a lot of them were a little bit of bit of a scoundrel, and they weren't always paying their bill. And what I found about cannabis that was very refreshing was the fact that. Um, they really needed help they really didn't know clients really didn't know what they could do because in those days 2013 they were not even desirous of a spotlight to be shown on them because it was in the gray market or it was uh, illegal and it was uh, very uh, scary to them to, you know, ca- come out under the bushes, so to speak, and say, this is what I do. So that changed right. pretty quickly. That changed over the course of about three or four years. And luckily, I was able to learn and work for some of the people who were most dedicated to the plant and were California's original OGs, you might say.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um. So for people who don't really know out there what a public relations agency is, you, you sent me an interesting quote here, and I, I want to repeat it, is um, advertising is paying someone to tell you you are good. PR is convincing someone to say you are good. Um, in the, In the nuts and bolts of it, what is PR and how does it differ from advertising? Because I think there's a common misconception that they're the same thing, but they're not
1: right i've actually even asked people what did they think pr was and they would say oh i think it's going out to lunch with people you know but <laughs> advertising you get to pay somebody to say what you want to say where you want to say it and when you want to say it and you pay for the space in the publication or the outlet as well as you do the production the and Pub, public relations is massaging editors, writers, producers into understanding the value of the service or the, um, the client or the, uh, the business and massaging them into understanding why it's valuable for their audience to know about it. So uh, you have to know the audience of the editor or producer that you're talking to You have to know what their work has been recently, what they're most interested in, what they won't touch. You have to know what their station or out or um, publication will allow or won't allow. There are, for instance, like CBS and NBC won't allow you to talk about CBD or cannabis. They won't even give beauty products away on CBS that has CBD in it. So with our our work is really having contacts and bringing them good stories. They have to be written well. They have to be different. And you have to, um, it's more like journalism. You have to be able to know a story and then present it to the right people. And interestingly enough, um, we talked here that every placement that we might get could take as many as 15 emails to go from talking to the outlet uh, about the the client or the customer all the way to getting it booked in the itinerary set and then getting a copy of the story or the interview right um, actually i found out that 15 is probably too few emails so i'll have to check and, and see what's the maximum something has uh, taken us to set up in the okay. old days in the old days you had voicemail and there were times that you would pitch the voicemail and almost never talk to a person but just do it through voicemail. That that was very new and different in those days, but it's right, much easier right. now with uh, text and uh, emails.
0: So in terms of like a publicist versus PR, are they the same or are they different?
1: The field is public relations. A publicist mm-hmm. is somebody who pitches and catches who works with the team to come up with the angles, the story, the material, and then uses their contacts as well as their wit and courage to cold call or call or email somebody who they know should be interested in um, the story. And we cross our fingers and hold for the best. Uh, my particular firm, because we've been doing it so long, we know how it's done. We know the lifestyle press and the cannabis press is is, uh, is now very familiar to us. So they have worked with us now long enough that they trust what we tell them. They know that if we say somebody is available to talk to them, um, if they go pitch a story to their editor, um, they're going to come back to us when they've got approval and they can count on us to um set them up with somebody who's going to be uh, articulate and interesting to their listenership or their readers. So in
0: terms of like, um, you know, your common uh, perception of a publicist, for instance, Mm -hmm. is is a gatekeeper, you know, someone who keeps the client away from the interviewer, let's say, right. And they don't let certain questions be asked, but that's not really what Your side of the public relations. Well, if you're handling
1: if you're handling Justin Bieber or Jay Z, you're saying no to people all the time because those people are calling you and wanting them, and those publicists sort of negotiate uh, if they can get cover stories or feature stories, but they spend pretty much their career saying no on that (laughs) level. At the level that we're at, we're more the, um, they're the buyer and we're the seller. We have to work hard to convince them that this is a story they want to do.
0: Okay. Well, speaking of convincing, I'm going to take a short break here and talk about one of the new brands in the sense distribution house of brands, and that is Halfpipe. Halfpipe brings amazing quality cannabis to the market in eighths, quarters, halves, and full ounce bags at a very affordable price. They also have disposable vapes, cartridges and many other things, including some delicious gummy edibles. So look for Half Pipe at a dispensary near you, proudly brought to you by Sense Distribution. So Kip. Um,
1: I'd like to add something, if yeah. I may. Uh, Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Uh, about, uh, about PR. Uh, supposedly PR is a third party endorsement, which means the public is savvy enough to know that if they see an ad, somebody's paid for that ad and placed it, but public relations or stories in PR are considered the third party endorsement, meaning out of all the people that editor or all the people that producer or that journalist could talk to in the world, they've decided to talk to you or run a story about you. So it's perceived differently. And that's predominantly the benefit of uh, public relations and publicity, plus it's a lot, lot more affordable than, okay, right. than advertising.
0: Yeah, I, I have to say, and I'm going to endorse that wholeheartedly um, just from personal experience. The advertising thing is kind of a game, uh, very hit and miss. Um, what I like about utilizing a PR agency, especially one that's very laser focused on what they do in within the industry group, is um, you're going straight to the audience, right? And that's mm, yes. the purpose of PR. You're not throwing up a billboard where you may get some likes on that billboard you're not throwing up just random crap you're actually focusing and directionalizing content to the people who matter in this case it's journalists and 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 the the like um, so that's why the PR is very important, especially for personal brand building, for brand building, for um, company building, because it is the backbone of where how you're perceived. And I like uh, Warren Buffett's quote: "If if I had my last dollar, I'd invest it in PR, because right. you got to keep building that brand." Thank you for the quote, by the way, right. Kip. Really Thank really you. There's
1: that. an there's another way to easily understand the place that public relations. Uh, plays in uh, marketing overall. I tell people to think of marketing as being like an arc or a curve or the top of an umbrella and come falling underneath that curve might be sales, promotion, advertising, PR, uh, in-store appearances. That all falls under marketing and public relations or press relations is one, um, you know, one, line of uh, all those things that tunnel in or funnel into what marketing is.
0: So when someone gets a PR firm like yourself or an agent, what what should they expect from them in terms of deliverables? What, what's a mm-hmm. common expectation?
1: I think one of the most important things is when you're looking for a, a public relations person, I think one of the most important things is to find a firm that has a track record in the um, the category that you're active in. Um, I think it's very important that um, there's good chemistry and good communication. I think those two are are the most important thing when you're looking for an an agency. Um, A lot of people really don't understand it. Um, So I think actually when A prospective client comes to an agency, one of the most important things to do is to really tell them what they can expect, what it's going to feel like to work with them. Um, I call that enrolling them properly. Mm -hmm. Um, Sometimes if somebody's worked with an agency before, and they come and they just complain about uh, how they didn't get what they thought they were getting, or they didn't get the results that they wanted, or they didn't get the communications, or they didn't get the caliber of team they were hoping for. I generally feel if they've walked away, either I really generally feel that the people that first talked to them initially and told them what public relations was and what they could expect did a poor job. I generally put it on the other firm for not really letting a prospective client know what he he or she could expect in at my firm. I have a process that I go through. Um, not only that, I've um, been in the business long enough that I know how to quantify the minimum or minimal hits every month. I call them hits. They could be story placements. It could be digital print or social media. I generally tell them they can count on getting a minimum of five stories a month. And that's how I know that my gals are doing a, um, Their job. We also work with a certain framework in terms of viewers or readership. Um, Generally, it's got to be between 30,000 uh views all the way up to 2.5 million. Mm-hmm. Um, we quantify them and if I if I know that's that something is really really doing well and I see 10 hits that month or with one launch we had one time in a in a June when we launched Foria, my goodness uh, sex and cannabis did really well. We had 45 hits in, in the month of June. I think that was our second month with them. So, uh, metrics are metrics are important. Communication is important, but it's very important to come to a, when a client comes to a prospective client that you let them know what it's going to be like working with you. And at some point, if you want me to just quickly run that down for any of your listeners, I'm happy to do what, tell you what that looks like and do that.
0: So, with very few legitimate advertising avenues for cannabis companies, obviously uh, the brand building from the PR side within the structure of articles um, and, like you said, hits, basically, those are very important metrics because there aren't very many ways to get the word out in cannabis. I mean, there's Instagram and there's yes. articles. I mean, that is it um, other than billboards. And, you know, billboards don't pay the bills.
1: Right, and Instagram and billboards are still limited. Uh, Right now, my company has a story that's being pitched to uh, media now about cannabis censorship. Uh, you can't oh, yeah. you can't have a billboard uh, a certain distance from the freeway. Um, you can't have uh, on television. You can't have anything about cannabis and many of them you can't even have CBD. So editorial is your is your best chance. It's the best way for somebody to want to talk about the new love for this plant or legalization or. Uh, how it's harmless. Um, there's so many different angles, and there's so much interest. I would say the interest level is similar to maybe 15 or 20 years ago when Silicon Valley and uh, computers were just taking off. So it's yeah. it's it feels good because um, there is an kind of an upswing of interest with within the media. Whereas when I was doing. Uh, Primarily lifestyle and and fashion and beauty and so forth like that. I was competing with even more, you know, like forty five thousand other publicists to the same editor to talk about a uh, hundred and eighty dollar pair of designer denim.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Um, mm-hmm. in, in in your opinion, we're just going to get a little off the PR subject right now, just okay. to get some because you're you are in the field. Where do you think we're going with cannabis in California right now? There's so many headwaters against the business right now. Taxation, um, just pricing, oversupply of cannabis. I mean, on your side of it, what do you think the challenges are in cannabis right now?
1: Well, first of all, I would say that anybody who wants visibility or is building a brand or is in cannabis, um, really needs to be an activist at the same time. They have to stand up and stand, stand up to some of these issues as well as um, be active in the industry. That's, that's number one. Uh, as far as banking and censorship and trying to overcome the stigma, um, taxation, and all the things that we we've been hoping for for the last four or five years, we still have to just put up the good fight um i know that banking is supposedly around the corner um, i don't know if it'll come or not i have people coming to me this week to talk to me about cannabis and crypto um oh
0: yeah it's, Uh-oh.
1: <laughs> it's, it's 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 really hard to say where it's going to be but i think with um more and more states um, surrendering to the importance of medicinal cannabis, that eventually there's gonna be a tipping point. Um, what we need is interstate access, we need safe banking, we need descheduling. Um, we have to work uh, with, um, with information from doctors as to how it really, there's research that's needed, how it really is beneficial and how it really is harmless. Uh, it's um, we didn't have that fight when we were talking about computers, and Silicon Valley and social media and the internet. You know, but uh, cannabis is is a tough one.
0: I think there's a, str- a very strong argument to be said that something like uh, the new Meta or whatever Facebook has decided to do actually could be more harmful to people's health than anything, uh, especially yeah. Facebook and the, and the kind of vitriol they spew out in the misinformation and all the other stuff. I, I think that's a lot more harmful than cannabis.
1: I, I agree. We're starting to work with um, a client who has a company called the other verse. And he was one of the early inventors of the um, internet. And when I hear him talk about how people are going to be socializing, uh, having marriages, having occasions, uh, completely living in the other verse, um, I'm not a big fan of it, but it's possible that uh, it's going to be really wonderful for people in the future if it really takes off like that. Um, I have a kind of a funny uh, feeling uh, about what the future is going to be because I'm, you know, I'm a proponent of high tech, tu- high tech, high touch. Uh, I don't know if you remember Alvin Toffler from quite a long time ago. No, I but, don't. Yeah, but as we get more technical, we need to get more human. And I, you know, I've been a part of all the um, online dating. I've actually married somebody that I met online. Um, mm-hmm. I know that the young people who work for me don't have business cards. They don't even ask for business cards. They ask for, for people's Instagram handle. And um, I I have this feeling like this piece of plastic, whether it's a our phone or the computer. I kind of feel like everybody is getting so used to talking with a piece of plastic in front of us that this is my crazy thought that it's really society is getting ready for us to live off planet because when it's us and the um, you know those those shuttles. Are, or space stations are out in the universe, you know, that's what we'll be talking. We'll be talking and just trusting this electronics between us or this piece of plastic so I can see you and you can see me. Yeah, uh, it's odd. It's, um, I'm a futurist, so I'm happy to see what's gonna come, but um, I think that the metaverse is for an entirely different um playing field
0: scares the shit out of me i'll yeah. be honest with you i mean <laughs> i don't want to seem I like
1: a luddite so i don't no, want to say that but
0: i don't think you're a luddite at all i i think that adoption of of um, technology is so antithetical to being human
1: mm-hmm. i don't
0: think it. Uh, I, I, humans have a need and and covid and all the bullshit has really shown a need sure for human interactivity um where you you're talking to people we're hugging people we're giving somebody a kiss you're not mm-hmm. doing it virtu- you know like like us right now going mmm, blow you a kiss you know <laughs> right. it's not the same shit right not at all no and I just think it's it's um, I think it's dangerous territory to be going down honestly and I do and I, I think catering it, it does cater a bit to the disenfranchised and I, I empathize with a lot of people who are disenfranchised from society. I get that um, but I don't think that's the tool to enfranchise people. You know what I mean? It's not bringing them back to humanity and it's not interacting with humanity. It's further shunting them off to the sides where they can reinvent themselves. That's fine. Okay. They want to reinvent themselves, but it's also not human activity. It's not, you're not face-to-face with someone. Um, We've already heard stories about, you know, weird things happening in, you know, metaverse rooms and things. That's bizarre. So we'll leave that crazy question for another day. (laughs) I,
1: I uh, would love to be able to take a look at where all this goes or what it becomes 30 years from now.
0: Yeah, uh, I, don't, I don't know. It's it's a bit scary, frankly. And I, I don't think it's just me being a middle aged guy. I think it's just I, I think, you know, when you want to be alone, you'll be alone mm-hmm. when you want to be around people. You're around people. You take mm-hmm. that that choice and you just do it. You there's, know, getting-
1: a, there's a fabulous movie that came out maybe, I don't know, five, ten years ago with Matt Damon called mm-hmm. Elysium. Oh, I don't sure. know if you saw it, but yes. I loved that. It was like everybody was trying to get off to this planet and over to this space station where all the halves were now living. And right. it was almost like planet Earth was sort of like south of the border and you used coyotes to get into an old rocket to try to get you to this other um space space shuttle because so many good things were happening there yeah um, i'm I'm a futurist I, I love uh contemplating ethics I know nothing really about those two things and I can't really predict how things will be. I know that people who are really fond of the universe of the uh, metaverse you know just think it's going to offer all kinds of opportunities and a new way to live but uh yeah I'm I'm tactile. I need those hugs and those uh, those touches. I need to feel people's vibes. I don't even do that well on Zoom calls. So oh, yeah. I will take a Zoom call, but I really hope people will then come meet me in person.
0: You're doing fine here, but we can always have lunch together too because uh, it's a real <laughs> tactile thing. Thank you. Well, um, before we get to the end of the show, I just want to announce that Shuggies does have its 500 milligram. I'm going to hold it up here. 500 milligram, and it is keying out because it's green. That's our infused concentrate in our 500 milligram size. And here's our thousand milligram size sugars. Oh boy. That really keyed out thousand yeah. milligrams. You can see it in red there, but how the you, new sugars that kind of looks cool. Actually. How
1: are you Ooh. able to do a thousand milligrams and 500 milligrams? What happened?
0: It's an infused contra- concentrate okay. and it's it more aimed toward the medical world. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's also um, a natural product. So there's no, there's no, additional ingredients in it. It's just two things and that's it. So it's nano infused with agave powdered sugar, which mm. is a true, true, low sucrose, low gl- glucose sugar alternative. It is delicious, fast acting, and it hits you in about five minutes. So it's delicious. Look for it. Sugis thousand and in a dispensary near you. I just want to get back to one of the questions that I asked you before about the PR agents and publicists being gatekeepers. Okay. Do you have, is there a stigma associated with that when people come to you? I mean, do you you hear that at all? It's like, I don't want you to be the gatekeeper of my information or anything like that.
1: I don't hear it that way. And I'm not exactly sure what you mean about publicists being the gatekeeper. Actually, we're supposed to be the voice and the conduit. And it's our job to tell your story or uh, a client's story. Uh, the, with the messages that they want to uh, be told. One of the ways that we are able to take a look at some of the results that we get is if we know there are five or six main messages that a client cares about, we can go look through the story and highlight them with a, a highlighter and see how many of those five uh, messages are actually coming through.
0: Okay. Um, you answer the question exactly how I wanted because that is, I, I don't know i didn't know what the difference was really Mm -hmm. and i get get the angle that you you take from your side of things that's great Mm -hmm. um you sent me a quote about branson one good pr story is worth a million dollars in advertising is that about branson missouri
1: (laughs) no that's about richard branson
0: richard branson okay
1: are you pulling my leg or no 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 i didn't know
0: I didn't okay. know because it, you just wrote Branson, and I was like Branson. Yeah, yeah. That, but you, I could see you, it being Branson, Missouri, too. You know.
1: Oh, okay. I didn't know there was a Branson, Missouri. Uh, oh my Missouri. God! Sorry.
0: Oh, I, we might want to cut that out because okay. there's a million country western fans who love Branson. Uh, Choose, t- cut cut it out, Disneyland.
1: Uh, <laughs> I understand Richard Branson really does almost no PR, but his uh, going into space. You know, really, was worth millions and millions of dollars. Oh yeah. Uh, in, in terms of what he's daring to do and what he wants to to do and so forth, like that.
0: His um, whole life is PR, though. It's not advertising; it's PR because it's it's exactly. his personal brand. So mm-hmm. he's the epitome of PR. Mm hmm. And yeah. and his advertising is just when he does advertise, it just further emphasizes him. You know.
1: The kinds of uh, press that my agency does is primarily what we call ink. We are journalistic in our style in our approach we're very we're very professional. Um, we have to write in a credible way so that the journalists who receives our information can count on our being truthful and factual, and uh, we can't tell them something that's not going to hold up or is going to cause them a problem later. Uh, Before the internet and before everything was so digital, there were even people who worked on staff with publications called fact checkers mm-hmm. so that before a story was even printed, they would have people who researched it and double-checked it and and made sure the facts were, were accurate. Um, yeah.
0: One thing I, I can look- say about the cannabis business is that everyone's an amateur fact checker in the cannabis business. And if you start spewing <laughs> out some details that are um, a little wonky, Off they're going to find them quick. And they're going to
1: poke a hole in that story for sure. Do you ever find that you have people who come on your show and say things that you don't agree with, or don't, you don't think they've done their homework or pretty much most of the people come to, you know, what they're talking about.
0: We search out guests who know what they're talking about, like Mm -hmm. yourself, like Mm -hmm. people who really get into the business and really understand. In fact, some of the people are so technically savvy that it's, it's kind of, it crushes my knowledge base and I'm like Mm. well I did not know that Mm -hmm. so I'm learning from the guests as well which is is the way it should be you know because I can't know everything in
1: truth I'm a better listener than I am a talker Um, The personality I've had to develop to sort of sell my company and make clients feel comfortable in trusting us with their baby, so to speak, is a bigger personality than uh, the real me. The real me loves thinking and creating. I'm kind of a nerd in reality, but I have uh, developed this personality where I can create some enthusiasm and I know what to say to make somebody uh, on the other side of the table uh, comfortable in in allowing me to understand what they uh, what is important to them, and that's why I say I'm a better listener than I am a talker. Um, I would love to tell you if we've got a little bit of time as sure. to what I find uh, works for some clients and really what doesn't work for certain clients. That. Love to hear that. Um, well, I already told you that I feel that when some people come to us and, um, they're unhappy with the service they've had before, it's because the firm didn't really properly explain to them what Uh, to expect. But I do find that, um, when customers or clients or come to us, sometimes, uh, The thing that I regret most is that they haven't really stopped to consider who they really want to be, what their strategy is going to be. Um, They haven't really developed their messages. We help them do that. Um, they can be you know they can kind of think this is the best it's the greatest but our job is to work with them to differentiate and find out what is different because many companies come to us and they all want to say the same thing you know it's it's uh, been grown under very controlled environment or they've got the best farmers or you know they have wonderful packaging but Best best scientists and and uh, it's like the old days when everybody used to come to me and say, I think my, my business should be on Oprah. Well, there wasn't a single person who would meet with us and not say this was worthy of being on Oprah's television show. Right. <laughs> but I would tell people being on Oprah is not like uh, hitting it out of the park. It's more like uh, winning the World Series. So we help uh, new businesses discover their voice and uh, we help them develop their strategy. Um, frequently, I find that they have spent so much time on research and development that they forget to leave enough in their budget for promoting it and taking it uh, taking it public. But It's hard for me actually to find out what's difficult in working with clients because I've been doing it so long that these days it's like all the same. It's hard work. We know what we've got to do. I feel like I'm a Mack truck. I have a load. I have a destination. I've got fuel and I'm on my way. So uh, the variety of everything uh, is very familiar to me. And consequently, I think I've made it look a little bit easy because I've given birth to about six other public relations in the course of my career.
0: Well, you do make it look easy, but you do a good, hard job. And I'm going to shout out to Alexa Oliphant right now, who's been doing a great job for me and my company. So I appreciate your your great... um, mentorship with alexa she's a great person to have working with you uh, we're at that part in the show where i just want to ask you a stony story if you have one for the people at home they always like hearing a stony story about someone could be you could be someone I else don't,
1: i don't know how much of a stony story this is but for a little while i had a boyfriend who was like a 14 year burning man character mm-hmm. and uh, he was wonderful he was goofy we'd have a good time he liked uh, movies like i even like movies he liked uh Uh, He used to be he used to wrestle. So I do acrobatic yoga. So he would do some acrobatic yoga with me Mm. and uh, we would just do fun things around L.A. And we would always get um, stoned. He was great at at rolling. I'm still uh, not so good at it. And we would smoke a whole joint together and then dance and laugh and make love. And uh, I used to get blotto and never even realized that there was a term like microdosing. you know, that you needed to know what your happy place was. So it wasn't right. until I really started working in the business where we had to educate people on know your dose that I had any idea at all that there was any other place I could be with cannabis uh, short wow. of being blotto. Right. So now I know exactly how much helps me sleep, how much makes me feel really comfortable sitting on the couch watching a movie. And uh, in I truth, uh, there's almost no yeah, reason I anymore for me to get wrong. as stoned as I used to do in those days. I just didn't know there was anything else but that. I'm yeah. So I'm, I guess that's my only stony story. And I'm, and I'm happy, you know.
0: Yeah, I'm just happy you didn't talk about brownies.
1: Oh, Brown, yeah. <laughs> see. That's
0: the number one story for sure. Yeah. Um, so, where can people find uh, KMA and uh, what's your website? That kind of thing.
1: Uh, so, my cannabis website is kmacannabis.com. My okay. name is Kip Morrison. And on my KMA Cannabis website, if anybody is interested in looking at what my Uh, previous life was my lifestyle life. um, All those uh, clients and my background is also um, under the lifestyle menu on KMA Cannabis. But my name is Kip Morrison and anybody can find me Kip at KipMorrison.com or through KMA Cannabis. You guys have an
0: Instagram handle?
1: Yes, it's uh, KMA underscore agency. And generally our strategy is not promoting me, not promoting us but we we promote our clients i like to say kma has earned their reputation we haven't bought it i have some competition in different parts of the country and i think we kind of are quiet because we're always promoting our clients we don't promote me and um, i'm starting to get some of my my younger members of my team to get a little coverage for themselves it makes them feel good but That's I can great. be, yeah, I can be reached in my history uh, before cannabis is also on my cannabis website.
0: Well, thank you, Kip, for being here. And as always, this show is brought to you by Sense Distribution and Shuggies, the sweet, sweet, take anywhere treat. You can take Shuggies with you anywhere. And now in the new 1,500 milligram infused concentrate, also look for Stevia, also nana infused at a dispensary near you. If you're sugar intolerant, our Stevia product and our agave products are both Great for people with sugar intolerance and healthy as well, both stevia and the um, agave powder is natural. It is USDA certified organic, although we cannot put that on the label. But do look for Sugies at a like dispensary near you. And if you're interested in other products that fetish, Sense Distribution offers, look at us at sensedistribution.com. Re- website is being revamped as we speak, but the old one is still up and you can see the brands that we carry it across. The state of California. Kip, thanks very much for being on the show. I really appreciate your um, being in my corner. I appreciate you coming on the show. And again, I appreciate Alexa's help in everything we do. I'll together. let
1: her know you said that. And Latham, we think you're sweet, sweet. Woo, thank you.
0: <laughs> all right. And that's it for tonight. We'll be back again with some more good guests next week. And Kip, thanks again. We'll see you soon.
1: All right. Thank, thanks to all of you. Bye bye.